No my Heidi Mike Hotaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National Wallace Chapman with you. Kiamo Tonu Mai Koto Katoa coming up on the program. National Party leader Christopher Luxon warns young unemployed beneficiaries that their free ride is over. A job coach and a thousand dollars to anyone under twenty-five who stays in work for more than one year. That just after four. More incredible action at the Commonwealth Games, including in squash. Squash world number three, former world number three, Stuart Davenport on the panel today. And we talked rugby. We head straight into the cauldron of South African rugby, Morn Cruz from the Nelsbrut Rugby Club in Mombela, South Africa. He was at the stadium. He joins us live from South Africa after 4.30 and underpaid, under-resourced, undervalued. That's how firefighters are feeling as they prepare to strike. And I was at lunch at a friend's yesterday. They lit the fire. Nothing unusual in that. The fire, however, didn't need topping up with wood all afternoon. It was apparently an upside down fire. Kindling and paper was placed at the top of a wood pile. It was life changing. Now, have you ever seen this? Have you done it? I'd love you to text me, 2101, or email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me this afternoon, Zoe George, Stuff Senior Sports Journalist. Zoe, kia ora, and I'm sure you'll have much to discuss with us this afternoon. <laughs> kia ora, yes, it's been an incredibly <laughs> exciting day for New Zealand sports, yeah. so yes, I'll fill you in. Indeed, also, David Farah, owner and director of Curia Market Research, whose clients include... The National Party, former national uh, staffer, sorry, uh, works alongside, or the, you're the editor of Kiwi Bob, but you, ha- you haven't worked for the National Party, David. Uh, no, look, I've done almost everything. Yeah, I right. worked in Parliament for them for eight years. I've even worked for their headquarters. Having said that, that's all, oh my goodness, probably be coming up to 20 years ago since I've been a staffer. Good to have you on. Um, now, clo- roads that are currently closed due to snow in Otago and Canterbury, State High 8, Fairley to Twizel, Burke's Past. You've got Palmerston to Kyburn, State Highway 85, that's closed today, and State Highway 87, Altrim, west of Mosgiel to Kyburn. Canterbury are not closed, but snowing and change needed in some routes, including Porter's Pass, and Lewis Pass north and west of Waipara. So do take care. To this first, helping kids, uh, helping give kids an equal chance in the classroom thanks to Helping Eyesight. That's the aim with a $2 million mobile eye service for Auckland schools. It's called the Vision Bus. And principals and teachers, they'll tell you that even a small loss of sight can have a huge impact in the classroom. So with us to talk about this is Viren Mora, an Auckland University optometrist, and uh, I understand drives this bus as well. Viren, kia ora. Kia ora, Wallace, how are you? Very well. So this is the first for Aotearoa, a mobile optometry clinic, the first in the country. I believe it's uh, a comprehensive first mobile optometry clinic, yes. You've said that researchers show, research shows that there's quite an incredible need out there regarding this issue. Can you explain that a bit for us? Yes, yeah, so we're, what we've found through research is one in 10 children are going through our Auckland schools not, uh, not having glasses and not having that healthy sight which is required at school to succeed. 
So what are the needs out there? Explain that for us, Viren. Uh, there are a few needs. So the big two ones that optometrists are dealing with is myopia, which is short-sightedness, where children can't see the whiteboard very well. So they're sitting there in class with their squinting their little eyes, trying to see what the teacher's writing up on the board. Um, the opposite to that is long-sightedness. So a kid will have good long sight seeing a board, but unable to read a book when they hold things close. And uh, glasses are really important to helping tackle those two problems. So tell us more about this uh, clinic. How did it come to be? How was, how, how was the money raised? Well, it's a project which has been um, in the thought, thought tank for some years now. It was actually uh, about five years ago when Professor Stephen Dakin went on the Radio New Zealand like I am today to talk about the, the issues we had in eye health in Aotearoa. And here we are today. We've received some philanthropic donations to get this thing off the road, and it's just been fantastic ever since. Wow. Zoe? Oh, I love this. Absolutely love it. I'm sitting here nodding my head going, yes, because I was one of those children at age 10 not being able to see the blackboard back in yeah. my day. Uh, and, you know, the, and there was a bit of a stigma wearing glasses back then and awful bullying. And it took me a very long time to kind of come to grasps with wearing glasses. But now they're, they're all part of who I am. Um, so my question is, how many schools and how many children are you hoping to see and in what kind of time frame? Well, over the next five years, we've got the funding to get this bus on the road and into our schools in Auckland. And as you know, there are quite a few schools in Auckland. Um, what we do is we do a screening program with our optometry students. So they go into schools in Auckland and they do a screening process. And then we identify which kids need an extra comprehensive, you know, that fully fully comprehensive eye examination. And that's when the bus comes in to see the kids who need that full eye exam and it's actually quite a friendly service if you've seen the bus it's got beautiful colors on it and the glasses they get to choose these days are so much better than the ones that we got to first choose <laughs> uh, they just look really nice these days <laughs> uh so zoe you this this issue i mean it made quite an impact on you when you were younger yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you go to school one day and then you go to the optometrist after school the next and then you come back to school the following day with a big set of glasses. Uh, I think I was well ahead of my time because I had ginormous glasses back then. Um, but, you know, it does impact. You can't see the board, you can't learn, you copy off your friend, they get stuff wrong. Ah! Yeah. You know, it is an issue. So I think this is a fantastic initiative. Um, any plans to roll it out around the country or is this just going to be a mm. pilot program in Auckland first? So we've just started in Auckland because it's nice and close to the university, but this is a mobile clinic on wheels, right? So we've got the potential to go anywhere there's a road. And if you've seen the bus, it's it's pretty much a caravan, you know, a camper van style Maui um, with the bed on the back. But we've got a, a fully functioning eye clinic, which is fantastic. We can go wherever there's a road. So we want to go into rural and remote communities and across New Zealand, and um, that's something I'm really looking forward to. It's just great there, uh, Vera, and uh, kia ora, and uh, uh, well done on uh, raising the money for this. Uh, we're talking about this, uh, it's a bit of a first in the country, this mobile uh, bus helping uh, kids with um, with their vision. Um, can I just ask, the prevalence of devices, do we know if that has any bearing on the vision of young New Zealanders as uh, an optometrist, as a researcher? 
Yeah, so definitely. The balance between having screen time and outdoor time is what is key. So what's happening through time is we're spending more and more time on our devices and less and less time outside playing around, kicking a ball. So what's really important is to get that balance right. So if you're spending a few hours a day outside, that's going to counteract the amount of time we're spending um, on our screens. So it's all about that balance is really important. Very good, Vera. Uh, well done. That's uh, and by, by, before you go, uh, and this so uh, this is uh, this is raised private animations raised uh, a couple of million dollars, and this is a long term thing for you. You're you're hoping that this really is a long term model. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, the vision bus is only touching the corner of the uh, the unmet need in in New Zealand. So um, it would be really great if. Um, you know, philanthropy has been fantastic in getting this going, but we're going to need more resources to keep this going for long term. I think it, that's really important. Good on you, Viren. Thank you. That's Auckland University optometrist Viren Mora there. David, I think you dropped out your connection a went, but uh, Zoe said that she had real issues, um, you know, growing up with glasses. What about you? Are you there, David? Uh, no, I never needed glasses till I was around 30. Um etc. Interestingly, I recently, uh, one of my sons is colorblind, and I was absolutely thrilled to find out we went along to Specsavers just because they were the most convenient, and we found that Specsavers have a policy of not charging kids for consultations, uh, which makes such a huge difference. So, yeah, I didn't need them as a as a kid, um, but it was great to actually find um, that spec savers out there have a policy of actually not charging for children. Very good. All right, David Farrah and Zoe George with him. By the way, quite a bit of response regarding these upside-down fires. Wallace says, Jane, life-changing. It lights every time and burns so well. We started using this method last winter. We haven't looked back. I saw my first upside-down fire yesterday. I literally couldn't believe it. We're talking about that 4.25. Time for I've Been Thinking. Zoe George, take it away. Well, of course, I've been thinking about the Commonwealth Games. Uh, Today was the second to last day. Tonight is the last night of the Commonwealth Games and I've been doing a podcast for the last two weeks, getting up at 3.30 every single morning including this morning (laughs) Uh, so you have to excuse me if I'm a little bit slow because I haven't had a nap today Uh, and it's just been (laughs) thank you, it's been incredible for me it's been just so joyful and there have been so many highlights Uh, one of the highlights today was seeing the White Ferns cricket team beat England, it was so so good Uh, and you know we've 19 gold medals, maybe another one overnight in the doubles squash so it's just been just warm and fuzzy lots of good feels happening and um, and amazing eh? yeah Yeah. I just incredible I've been soaking up the Commonwealth Commonwealth Games and look at the Middle Hall. Um, so oh. I'm looking forward to uh, discussing a little bit more uh, with mm. you, uh, Zoe, later in the programme. All right. Uh, I've been thinking David Farrer. Well, I've done the first time for three years a bit of travel in the last month. And people may be aware that now, even if you're a New Zealand citizen, you can't just come back into New Zealand. You have to fill in before you can board your flight a New Zealand traveller declaration. And 
in theory, it should be a sort of easy five, ten minutes to do. But I ended up spending three to four hours battling <laughs> this on the day of my fly him because what it had is this weird thing where if you can't complete it in one go because my browser froze, you exit and it then sends you a link saying, here's your you know, username, password, you can log back in. And you do that. But then it says we're emailing you a pin and you wait for the pin. It took 20 minutes for the pin to come. You enter the pin and it says it's expired. And then I try again. Again, you wait 20 minutes. And again, it's expired. It must time out after 10 minutes. So I tried this three or four times. I then thought maybe it's my email provider. So I set up a whole new second profile, went through answering all the questions. Same problem happened. Sent me a pin. Timed out. I eventually, I spent three hours setting up different accounts, different email accounts. But the tech behind it was just, I mean, if you wow. go to send the temporary uh, pin number that expires after ten minutes, well, has anyone don't else have a system <laughs> that it's, gets it's so overloaded? Some might say it's not it's not their problem that you're technologically incapable, David. Um, you, you just oh, didn't I'm very fill it, you, technologically. You didn't capable. fill it out the right way. No, it was nothing to do with that. It was just that if you need to resume your application, it requires you to put in a pin within 10 minutes, but their system takes 20 minutes to send you the pin. It's one of those sort of Gordian knots that you can't huh. escape from. Well, I would really, um, I'd love to was, hear, I'd love to hear from listeners uh, whether or not you share David's concern. This is the New Zealand Travel Declaration form because it does say, please allow 40 minutes to complete the form. So they do know it's, there's a bit of time involved there, David, but you had to, you had to bounce back and forth. Yeah, look, it wasn't on a second trip. That problem didn't come up, but then you enter the flight number and it doesn't recognise it, and you're travelling with a family of four. And rather than enter your details once and then say, here's the four travellers, you have to go in and enter all the exact same details four times over for the kids, etc. You know, if you're going to require New Zealanders to fill in an online form to get home, Make it simple, right. make it safe. Very good. Zoe George, David Farrell with me this afternoon. Do stay with us. Love to have your company today on the panel, RNZ National, 4 to 5. <laughs>